Think Again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for over 20 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. And today we're talking about food security. Actually, we'll be talking about food security and food sovereignty. I'm going to interview Jacques for this program about the latest edition of New Community he has edited and written for. So firstly, Jacques, can you tell us what you mean by food security and food sovereignty and how these two things are related? I deliberately added the two words to the title of the issue because they very clearly name two very different approaches to dealing with the likelihood of us humans running out of food. In the developed world, that means our kind of world, uh, especially Western world, where we have established welfare systems and where access to food as well as all the other things which keep us alive, like, you know, housing, like uh, work, like transport, like these kinds of things, uh, they are considered part of our general personal responsibilities and capabilities as Mm. autonomous individuals of capitalism. Mm. So if you don't have food, it's not only a survival issue, it's actually your fault. Your personal fault. Your personal fault. We, We usually don't think about access and about these kinds of things because, after all, we think and believe that everyone has access. We just go to Woolworth or yeah, one of those places. Right. So, which is why people would feel ashamed if they don't have it. Mm. And everyone is also surprised when people talk about housing affordability, mm. which is a similar kind of a thing mm-hmm. if you think about it. So, and it is only those, therefore, who can't afford to buy food and other things who are considered needing help to attain what we then refer to as food security. That means it is the poor and other disadvantaged members of society. It looks as if the ample availability of food ready to be chosen by us customers and consumers mm. is really, really never part of the question. Mm. On the other hand, though, there are millions of people billions of people actually, living in so-called developing countries who used to be quite able to feed themselves and in many more sustainable and healthy ways than we in the developed world. But those people have, over the last couple of centuries, Mm -hmm. seen their lands been taken away by the invaders, colonial regimes from the West, first and then increasingly with capitalism spreading, Mm -hmm. global capitalist corporations intending to impose their, that means really, our ways of agricultural Mm. food production and the massification of distribution and consumption. So we're talking about two waves in a way. There's the original invasions... That's right. And and, and of be, course we'd include, include Australia in that because mm, oh, Pascoe's written really well about mm, yeah. that in Dark Emu. The, and, yeah, and the salt. devastation yeah. to your way of life mm-hmm. as well as the environment when mm. you destroy the environment. That's correct. Where the food is being produced. So, yeah, so the locals lost their land indeed and driven 
mostly and often driven to cities or ending up in migration or refugees, refugee camps as they do now. And then the intensification of agribusiness. That's right. And it was not just only, exactly, but it was not only agribusiness only who did the deed, mm -hmm. eventually. It was also corporations making their profits from mining, agroforestry, industrial production, and who, of course, needed the cheap labor to keep their costs down and their profits high. Mm -hmm. So for a growing group of activists across that developing world, as we still keep calling it, they refer to their organization as Via Campesina, which is sort of like the, the peasant's road or the Little Peasants Road, or something like the Little so Food Growers. So that's growers. the name of a movement? That's correct, Via Campesina. It is not just a matter of food security based on their capability to obtain it in the shops and cook it. For them, it has to do with regaining their sovereignty over their land, and from there, regain the possibility to grow their own food with methods and systems they have developed over the centuries and millennia thus creating food security on a systemic level, rather than just think about food and the availability of it in a personalized, individualized way mm. of us trapsing with our little mm. food, uh, food, what do you call these things, these uh, little baskets uh, in, in Coles or Woolworth or wherever and filling it with uh, a piece of leek or a potato or two. So food security refers to the individual ability to have access to food. And often, exactly, and within a systemic context of a welfare state mm -hmm. established in a capitalist, liberal, neoliberal We're all individual of, consumers. Exactly. Versus, Except if you fail as an individual yeah. consumer and then you have to get help to get food. Versus sovereignty, which has much more of a... Uh, let's call it structural purpose behind it, mm -hmm. of regaining political access to what once was yours. Mm. So, I suppose in your editorial and in several articles included in the latest edition of New Community, you and other authors talk about food obsession and how half the world is starving while the other half is overstuffing itself, which is a very appropriate time of year to be talking about this, I'm sure. Exactly. So can you talk a bit about that, the, the overstuffing and the mm -hmm. starving, please? I can, I can hear our listeners burping everywhere now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so when you look at it, food is really front and centre of our minds. When you listen to news and read newspapers and magazines, and when you're being told of the thousands of research projects and findings of new research basically appearing on a daily basis, telling us one day that you are supposed to eat no butter but margarine and the next day mm, you yes. need to eat margarine and oh, the yes. over next day nothing is right. It's a shark. Margarine is so 1980. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Raj Patel, who is an important author in food and general matters of development, has been working in that area for the last 30 years. Uh, talking about injustice, the human cost of capitalism, and so, and so on. Patel suggests in an earlier book in 2008, which he titled Stuffed and Starved, mm. Markets, Power, and the Hidden Battle for the World Food System. According to him, it seems as if one half of our world starves and is unhealthy, and the other half is stuffed and is also unhealthy. Mm. Famines and hunger are everywhere in that part of the world, but especially in the so-called developing world, as we call it and keep calling it, returning with an almost cyclical uh, rate and requiring then, of course, our intervention on, on 
on the, on the part of the, the wealthy but very charitable kind of world. Uh, with shiploads and plane loads of food which we then drop and I have witnessed that myself working mm. in some of those places then killing off whatever was left of their local food system wow. because the food comes from outside is dropped in and so cheap, why would you or, or even gratis food so wow. why would you develop your own food system mm -hmm. when you get it thrown at you Sorry to be a bit dismissive of that, but it is actually quite negative. So uh, at the same time, they juxtapose then our developed half with an avalanche of competing cooking programs, healthy or otherwise, on about every TV channel, in hundreds of foodie magazines, about restaurants and festivals, sections in daily newspapers with mm. recipes and other Epicurean hints and suggestions. Yeah. But then all these occasionally and ominously are interrupted with dramatic figures yeah. about the, rapid, the rapid spread of obesity. Yeah, well, look at the popularity of the yeah. reality programs around cooking and yeah, chefs. Yeah, yeah, what is it, uh, The Biggest Loser or whatever it's called? Oh, Master Chef. Yeah. yeah, 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 unbelievable. So messages of being overweight, the need, which I question, to diet, slimming products across the entire spectrum from natural, organic, chemical, and totally untrustworthy. And we can't really talk about the increasingly urgent disputes between omnivores, carnivores, vegetarians, vegans, fruitarians, which would require at least several of our programs even to skim the service. But taken together, it is a good mm -hmm. sign, as it now does seem, that we start to connect the dots and mm -hmm. look at food more critically than what the Woolworth, Woolworth or Coles food people and even your local greengrocer makes mm. you believe about it. Yeah, so uh, as an individual consumer, it's very confusing because mm. I'm being told to watch my weight, mm. um, not eat the wrong foods, and then at the same time, um, I'm being urged to consume by a prime mm. minister and political figures. Yeah. Go out and buy and eat. Bom so, bombarded, so, so really. what is it? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Health prevention, or should I be supporting the economy by eating a lot? Yeah, there was just yesterday or the day before in the age was an article about uh, buying used things via some of these into uh, sort of whatever those online systems. And a person responded to it today, yeah, but what are we then doing about our economy uh -huh. when there, we buy just uh, used stuff? But equally important for me is that people now should also start and make the connections between the situations in the two mentioned halves of the world. Indeed, the developed West continues to directly and indirectly make the food availability for the developing world more precarious. Not to speak about the ecological damage Western growing and cultivating methods are doing. Mm -hmm. Things like extensive monocultures, pesticides, herbicides, fertilizers. Again, as so often in our Think Again program, the big end of town will have to be pressured Mm -hmm. including the economic and political ways in which we, on our end, have managed over the centuries to impose our assumed interests across everyone, uh, over everyone across the globe. Mm -hmm. And Well, I think on that note, Jacques, it's a devastating picture that you're painting there. And on that note, I think we'll go to a song, Ngura Mala, or Love Song, by Karajala Kirida. Thank you. 
made it. This is the story of being Aboriginal, woman of the sandhills, where the original. We have connections to the land. We are one, together we stand. Radical Radio Colours in one of 3CR's new t-shirts. The bright new design comes straight from this year's popular Radiothon poster designed by Aisha Tufa. T-shirts cost $30 to pick up or $37 with postage. So drop into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Call 9419-8377 to place your order. Or buy one online at 3cr.org.au slash shop. 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts. Get Get one one now. now. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about food security and sovereignty. Mm-hmm. I'm interviewing Jacques about the latest new community which he has edited and written for. Continuing our discussion, Jacques, what do you see as some of the root causes of problems with food security and food sovereignty? Sovereignty. <laughs> I want to return to Raj Patel uh, as I try to offer a simple answer to a very com- complex issue or mm-hmm. question. Together with Jason Moore, Patel wrote an other book uh, in uh, 2017. He titled it A History of the World in Seven Cheap Things. And these cheap things uh, are a little bit elaborated in a subtitle Nature, Money, Work, Care food, energy and lives. These are the seven things that have made our world and will shape its future. Mm, So can you repeat those seven things again? Nature, money, work, care, food, energy and lives. And and I presume you're not saying, he's not saying, or they're not saying they're cheap for everyone. No, they have become expensive Mm -hmm. in a particular system which has made... Different types of, for example, lives more expensive than cheap lives, uh, according to the kind of distinctions we have been making all along in this program, like, for example, developing countries and developed countries. In making these things, th- things cheap, modern commerce has transformed, governed and devastated Earth, which sounds rather simple, but somehow also counterintuitive and yet eloquent presenting an interesting approach to analysing today's planetary emergencies which include food. Dealing with food and its lack, as well as abundance, has been around for a while. In fact, it has been vital for humanity ever since we emerged as one of the hominid species several million years ago. 
The incredible diversity and variety of food across the planet is a testimonial to human adaptability to the Earth's highly diverse natural and climatological environments in which we, humans, have learned to survive. Mm. Indeed, this adaptive diversity is one of the hallmarks of human survival, on one hand from polar permanent winters to tropical permanent summers and everything in between. It illustrates our capability to sustain ourselves across the several hundreds of centuries of our evolving existence for a long time by understanding and sustainably relating with that which sustains us, a very generous mm. Mother Earth. Indeed, it has been our evolving, modernizing system of agriculture, moving from intensive and specialized ways of growing, preserving, diversifying and sustaining modes of practice to extensive monocultures, monocultures and the imposition of food regimes which offer most possibilities for cheap profit making mm. by automating, mechanizing, norming, industrializing, monopolizing and doing all the other things politically and economically and systemically which have been put in place by globalizing capitalism. As Tyson Jungaporta says, who is one of our other favorite, favorite kind of books of the last couple of years, Sand Talk, How Indigenous Thinking Can Save the World, mm. that a very generous Mother Earth would have continued to feed us if we would have stayed with ways of being and doing from before that time, the human mind that got diverted or seduced by a relatively recent demand, he says, that simplicity and order be imposed, that means efficiency, mm -hmm. be imposed on the complexity of creation, yeah. which is a demand sprouting from an ancient seed of narcissism that has flourished due to a new imbalance mm. in human society. So yeah. what he's really saying there is that our system, which looks for uh, sort of... Uh, creating sameness so that it can be more cheaply produced by cheap labor by automated kinds of systems and therefore that the price of producing it can be diminished whilst the profit over it and by making mm. it can be increased. Yeah, of course, so it's not power neutral either. Exactly. It's for the benefit of a fewer and fewer people. But but what we have lost with that, of course, is the the complexity of adapting our ways of surviving to the complexity of the direct environment mm. which surrounds us. Mm. And the people uh, have learnt and developed over that, centuries living with the land and looking after the land because they know they yeah, depend on the land to look after that's them. That's correct. And we have imposed what we think about as simplicity. Orders. Uh, Simple making orders for short-term yeah, huge exactly. profit for fewer and fewer people. Exactly. Extensive uh, agriculture rather than intensive adaptive ways of surviving adapted to the environment we inhabit. Mm. Mm. 3CR is about community, and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills, or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch.
So Jacques, can you expand a bit on that and tell us how you see our current systems and governments responding or creating the current crisis with food, food security and food sovereignty? Well, on the one hand, we need to start addressing some of the signs of the monocultures as they have been as they have been created, as they have been created by the capitalist globalizing system. And that is that we need to start addressing the McDonald's and the KFCs and those kinds of of modes of producing, distributing, and consuming food, mm-hmm. which have then also led to all of the kinds of other ills which we have now been focusing on for the last couple of years. And that is uh, the problems of franchising, the problems of underpayment, the problems mm-hmm. of, particularly in the food sector, it has been so notorious when you look at how much that kind of, and again, it, it goes back to what uh, Patel calls the cheap thing and that is labor in this particular case. Yes. You keep it as cheap as possible, pay, basically paying wages upon which people can't really survive, paradoxically, in the food industry. Mm. So you sort of start wondering about... But as you have been indicating by your question, there is actually very strong reactions which are happening worldwide. Uh, they are different. I already mentioned in the developing side of the the developing part of the world, we get Via Campesina, mm-hmm. who are doing a lot of really politics, actually 200 million people who are members of that global uh, organization. Mm-hmm. And they have started to, through political way, but also to quite, uh, uh, let's call it more activist and aggressive ways, reclaiming land and starting to reintroduce their ways of producing food, their ways of distributing it to their communities. So they have started to recreate a communal way of surviving, a much more localized way. So that points to one of the major central concepts uh, in what what has become an emergent alternative, and that is localization. Well, thank you, Jacques, because you are anticipating my next question, which is great. so, because I know in new community we see a variety of ways mm-hmm. that people around the world are trying to address food security mm. and taking back control yeah. Yeah. O- over local production. Mm. And so, what? So, I suppose what I wanted to ask you: what are the pros and cons of different approaches, and what do you see as the most promising? I think the major characteristics of what I believe a uh, the most promising alternative evolving around food from the production, distribution and consumption and waste side. So those are, in a way, if you think about it, the four stages. Say those again. So this production, Mm -hmm. uh, leading to harvest, distribution, then consumption. That means between distribution and consumption, there Mm -hmm. are whole varieties of in-between steps. Then consumption to what do you do with the food waste. Uh We know that food waste is a really huge problem. Mm. So returning food waste to the soil is a really important circular principle in which we should be... Maybe not having so much waste in the first place. Exactly. But particularly also uh, the agricultural products, they quite naturally produce their own waste, which should be returned to the earth 
so that the earth gains from that circular approach to how we should deal. So probably three major principles should be mentioned uh, to look at and to judge about the usefulness and viability of alternatives. One is local. It needs to be local. Mm -hmm. Both all these steps need to be as much localized as possible mm -hmm. or regionalized. Mm -hmm. Second, how is the relational system human in human terms which sustains mm -hmm. this? So we need to be thinking about food commons, both mm -hmm. in terms of the way in which we produce and distribute, mm -hmm. but also in the ways in which we consume that food. Mm -hmm. So creating commonses around all of those activities is a really important thing. And we will be talking more about comments probably at the next edition. The, the, the next program, next yes. And of course, in our first program, mm. our very first program, we talked yeah. about relationality mm. yes. and the close connection that has to health and well-being, mm -hmm. our relationality yeah. with each other yeah. and with the yeah. earth that we're part of. Yeah. And rather than, finally, thirdly, returning the waste and the leftovers to Mother Earth, which is really really absolutely central to recreating the viability and the fertility of the soil. So what it, what it also therefore means at the tail end of it, that we stop asking nature and the environment to take care with our carelessness, Yeah. to take care of our carelessness. And stop, as they say in economics, yeah. stop externalising yeah. all the costs of That's what right. we're doing yeah. to the environment. That's right, and picking up your relationality kind of a thing. And to the people thing. who are marginalised and yeah. disadvantaged. What it really means is putting care in all of those activities, mm. in all of those relational activities. Mm. Care between the people who produce care of the earth in which we produce and with, 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 with which, and I should rather say with whom we produce. Mm. And that therefore also includes the animals which we live with and probably also consume. And I think you said Raj Patel mm -hmm. and his co-author spoke about care as being one of the cheap things. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, because of the fact that we have again commercialised it and therefore have almost like outsourced well, the need for care to those who actually are paid less because of the fact that the production costs need to be diminished and kept low, as low as possible, in order mm. to keep profits rising. Mm. So it's really breaking out of that cycle and create virtu virtuous cycle of a localised kind. Mm. So maybe next week when we talk about the commons mm. and the history of the commons and what's happening with the commons, mm -hmm. co common land, um, we can talk a bit more about some of those projects as well. Mm, yeah. um, you can give mm. some more concrete examples yeah. maybe to illustrate mm, some yeah. of your points. And particularly also just talking a bit about that journal which uh, Jen has been referring to. Uh, the New Community is the only community development journal in Australia. We have been, Borderlands has been bringing it out again or has assisted in bringing it out again in 2003. It has been around since really as the community quarterly since 1983. Mm -hmm. And then after 70 years it went belly up and we brought it out 17 again. 17 years. 17 <laughs> years and then we brought it out again in 2003. So we're again back into our 17th year. And uh, the third, it was the third issue of uh, volume 17. That means of the... 2019, uh, where the food issue has appeared. And if you're really interested in it, just give us a ring or uh, write to Borderlands, to uh, our website, 
borders at borderlands.org.au. So, thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio with Jacques Belay and Jennifer Burrell. Remember, if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program uh, and about the new community, as Jacques was saying, you can email borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.